Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 217 of Sorta Awesome, and we are on the downhill slide into the end of the year. Now, I know some of you Awesomes out there have already started preparing for the holiday season ahead, and some of you are already doing your holiday gift shopping. Now, I am not one of those awesomes, but hey, if I wanted to be, this year could be even easier to shop past awesome recommendations because of the Zorda Awesome Shop on Amazon. Seriously, in our Amazon shop, you can find lists with selections from a lot of our past awesomes of the week and also our past holiday gift guides. As Amazon Associates, of course, we earn a little commission from qualifying purchases on Amazon, including from our Amazon shop, but it doesn't cost you one penny extra. It's a great way to support Sorta Awesome, and we hope it will be super helpful to you as you get geared up for holiday season 2019. So to find our store, our little shop on Amazon, just go to amazon.com slash shop slash Sorta Awesome. Okay, this is episode 217. I am joined today by a Sorta Awesome regular, my lovely younger sister, Emily Harris. Emily, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you. Glad to be back. You may notice, Emily, we haven't talked since I came down with this little cold, and you all who are listening certainly may notice I don't sound so great. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You know, I like totally tempted fate by doing our episode that was this Sorta Awesome, you know, survival guide to sick season, tempted fate. Fate was like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to all get sick. Yes. (laughs) So we've got sick kids around here. Now there's a sick mama, a very sick baby. Nico had RSV. He's still not feeling great. So you all may hear some little baby sounds. He is sound asleep in our happy baby carrier where he spends a lot of time these days. So you may hear some little Nico sounds in the background, but mostly you're going to get to hear Emily and I take on some questions from you, the awesomes. We thought it would be so fun to do a listener mailbag episode. We have not done one in a long time. So we are going to open up the mailbag. We asked the awesomes for some questions in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group. We've picked out some ones that we wanted to answer. So Emily, are you all geared up for that? Have you been thinking through some answers for the awesomes? Yes, I have. I'm very ready. Okay, good deal. Well, we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, Let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. It's that moment in the show where we like to take just a few minutes to tell you about the books, TV shows, movies, podcast products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome right now. So Emily, I have absolutely no idea what you brought. I cannot wait to hear what your Awesome of the Week is. Okay, so my awesome of the week is a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and it's about food. Oh, yay. You always have good YouTube suggestions, especially about food and cooking. Well, thank you. And I love cooking, so this is perfect. The name of the YouTube channel is called Epicurious. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it, yes. But let's talk all about it. Okay, so they do a lot of stuff, but mostly what they do is 
they'll pick like a dish to cook, even if it's just something simple. They have three different levels of cooking expertise. They'll usually have amateur, like someone who knows that they're not a cook, but they'll just go ahead and try to cook something. They have a home cook, probably like an intermediate level of cooking knowledge. And then they have a professional chef and all of those three people make the same thing. Oh my gosh, so fun. Yes. And so it's pretty funny. And the thing I love about it is that when the professional chef goes and cooks, you know, the dish or whatever they're making, they explain some of like the food science behind it. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I love it. I love it. I always think that I would be in the home cook because I'm definitely not a professional. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm above the amateur level. So I'm You like, definitely are. You're a very good cook. Yeah. Very good. So it's just a fun little channel that I've been watching a lot lately. And it's very educational. So I love it. I love that. I love cooking shows. And I do feel like cooking shows, it's just sort of, you know, organic. Pardon the expression there, but it's organic to what they're doing to educate people as they're going along. And like, here's why I'm doing this. And then as you're watching it and you're picking up these little tips, then you can kind of like translate it into other things that you're preparing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it even teaches you, even like the home cook and the professional will tell you like the basics, like, you know, the mother sauces. Yes. And stuff like that. So yeah, I love it. Totally. Okay. Well, we will put a link in the show notes. And Emily, if you want, pick out a few of your favorite episodes, favorite ones that they've done. And I will put links okay. to some of your favorites. So if people don't know where to start, they can start with some of your favorite ones. Okay. We'll put those in the show notes for you guys. Okay. Emily, last of the week. Let's hear yours. Mine is a little unlike anything I've done on Sort of Awesome in the past four years in that this is okay. part confession, part awesome of the week. <laughs> okay. I recently reorganized my makeup collection. Now, you and I, we've been a little extra awesome where we decluttered our makeup bags together. Awesomes, you may remember that back at the beginning of the year, Emily and I did a let's declutter our makeup bags together. And Emily and I talked about that we're both Ipsy subscribers. Emily had a few other beauty subscription boxes. And we were just talking about the fact that over time, all of these products can really add up, right? They can be very expensive. And also you can collect a thought a lot of things that you won't use, you know, before they expire. So totally. Okay. My makeup had really just gotten out of control. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll just reorganize it. And I took one of my actual dresser drawers and just was going to organize all of my makeup in there. Emily, when I was done, instead of feeling really proud of myself, I actually felt sick to my stomach. I was like, oh my Aww. gosh, I have so much makeup. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. I had to have a little come to Jesus moment. Like, why do I have this much makeup? And because we love it. I know. And I am not in any way saying that I don't love it anymore. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that I had kind of gotten into a cycle or a pattern of just buying new things that came out that I was like, oh, that's fun. Or oh, I love those colors, especially girl, the lipsticks, the lipsticks are bananas. I think I have over 20 right now. Wow. I'm not going to use all of those. You're like, wow. That's even that's more problem. than what I have, yes. I think. And I just like had to get really like mindful and intentional about it because you and I, we do love makeup. We love to have fun with it. It brings a lot of happiness to our lives. 
But I think that because of things like Ipsy, and I had done the Ipsy, not the regular glam bag. What's their next step up? Whatever the premium subscription is. I had done that for a few months over the summer and got a ton of full-size products. And the fact is, I'm like, I just cannot go through products as fast as I was getting them. So with the Ipsy, it's not Ipsy Ultimate, although they did just recently come out with that. What is it, like Glam Bag Plus or something? And how much is that? Just curious. It was like $25 a month, but you would get five full-size products. So you would get like eyeshadow palettes. Oh, wow. I got a beautiful highlighter palette. That's how I got started on the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which is now my like, holy grail. I will never use anything else. Yes, yes. So you'd get these beautiful full-size products, but I just, even with giving makeup to Daisy, who's now getting into makeup, I just was like, I just cannot keep up. This is too much makeup. So anyway, you know that I love Reddit and find a lot of interesting information and a lot of value in some of the things that are shared in different subreddits. Well, there's a subreddit called Makeup Rehab. (laughs) Oh, I need to check this out. It has been very helpful for me because, you know, I'll just be skimming through my Reddit feed and I'll come across posts from Makeup Rehab. And it's people really talking about like kind of breaking free from their emotional addiction to buying new makeup and coming to terms with how much makeup they have. And just, it's sort of like, you know, on YouTube, people will do like anti-hauls where instead of doing a haul video showing everything they bought, they do like an anti-haul to talk about what they're not buying. Right. Right. Well, the Makeup Rehab subreddit is kind of like that. It's kind of people encouraging each other. Like, if you have enough makeup, you can stop buying makeup now. (laughs) Right, right. Which I probably should look at because I have a lot of makeup myself. It's so hard because buying new products does, it brings that little thrill of fun. Yes. Obviously, I have a problem with lipstick. Like, I do not need five different shades of red. (laughs) I don't need eight, you know, mauves or whatever. Well, can I also mention, though, that like on Instagram and Facebook, those sponsored ads, like those are the ones that get Mm -hmm. me the most, especially if they have a little video and I'm like, ooh, I need that Thrive eyeshadow. That looks Exactly. I fall for it all the time. Anyway, I read this great thread on the Makeup Rehab subreddit with a woman who had just finished a year of what she called her replacements only no buy year. So she did not let herself buy any new products unless she was absolutely out of every product she had in that category. So she made herself go through all the mascaras that she had, all the blushes, all the bronzers, all the eyeshadow palettes. She tried to go through it. She didn't even get through her whole collection. But if she had a product in her collection that fit that category, she had to use that. But wait, I have a question. What about the expiration dates though? Well, that's what I was going to say. Now, mascara okay. is one of those that does expire. So she wasn't just like using old <laughs> mascaras that she got like three years ago or anything. To get an eye infection or something. Right, exactly. It's not worth getting an eye infection over. Yeah, yeah. So she was mindful of expiration dates. But a lot of things, like they were new in her collection. Right. And so she had plenty of time to continue using them. And I just felt like this current of conviction, like, you know what? It's time for me to do that. Yes. I have more than enough. So right now, I'm going to try for six months. A year feels really daunting, but I am starting this month, replacements only, no buy, and just use what I have. I even canceled my Ipsy subscription, Emily. That's huge. (gasps) That's amazing. I've had it for years. 
Because after I realized that the Glam Bag Plus was too much, I went back down to the regular Glam Bag, which is five deluxe samples every month. But even then, I was still tempted because they do offer great deals on products and stuff. And I was still buying more makeup, even though I don't need any more. So I was like, you know what? No, I cannot have Ipsy right now. And so yesterday, AJ and I had to run into CVS. Then this is a sign of the problem that I have. Usually, if I was running to CVS, I'd just kind of stroll through the makeup aisles and be like, what do I need? Slash one. Yeah, exactly. It was really, what do I want? And I didn't buy anything. And it was very liberating. And I feel really good about it. Good. Hey, you know, I told you a couple months ago that I canceled my subscription for a play. Yes. I don't know. You saw the box of samples that I have. It is a huge box in one of my, you know, just like those plastic storage drawers or whatever. And it's the biggest drawer. I have so many samples. And I was like, I'm never going to use these. So I'll probably give them away as like stocking stuffers or something because it was just too much. So I feel you all the way there. Thank you. We can support each other in our (laughs) trying to get a hold of the product craziness around here. So anyway, that's my ass of the week. I feel like it actually had started to feel a little bit out of control for me. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rein it back in. Replacements only. I have so many eyeshadow palettes. The next time you're here, I'm going to let you shop my palettes and just be like, do you want any of these? Because I have only swatched them and they're just sitting here in my drawer. Oh, I will take you up on that wholeheartedly. (laughs) Okay. Well, you guys, these are our awesomes of the week. You know, we love to hear from you every single week about what's awesome in your life. You can come and find us over on Instagram every Friday morning to share what's awesome in your life on Instagram, where it's sort of awesome show over there. And of course, we have our awesome of the week thread in the Hangout group every single Friday morning. If you haven't joined us in the Hangout, we would love to have you at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome Hangout. All right, Emily, we have some great questions. Really, really great questions from the awesomes here. So there were a few that were directed right towards you. Let's hit some of those first because I want to hear some of the answers to these as well. Okay. Awesome Teresa wants to know, she said, I would love to know what Emily Harris is reading. So what's been on your reading list lately, lady? Okay, well, you know this. Last spring, sometime around April, I sent out an email to all of the ladies at my school and said, hey, let's do a book club. And I got a huge response. And it was really just supposed to be for the summer. And so in June, we started a book club and one of the very wonderful ladies at my school offered her house to host it. And so we started and we've actually read several books. The first one we read, which is super, super popular, it's called Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you heard of it? Oh, I've heard of it. I have not read it. I actually own it. It's somewhere around here. I got it in Book of the Month Club, but I have not read it yet. Five kids, you don't have time to read very much. (laughs) Very limited reading time these days. Oh, my goodness. Now, of all the books I'm going to tell you about, that one is my favorite and will probably be my favorite for a while. It's got true crime. It's got romance. It's got drama. You know, it's sad in some parts. So that of all the books that I've read recently is absolutely my favorite. After that, we moved on to The Mother-in-Law. That one was good. It involves a murder mystery. 
And it also takes place in Australia. Oh, interesting. So you kind of learn a little bit about, you know, like just different words they use in culture and stuff. So that was great. Yes. You love a murder mystery too. I am a sucker for a murder mystery, mm -hmm. true fiction, whatever. Yes. The most recent one I've read was Miracle Creek. It's about a bunch of people who are intertwined by this therapy. And it's like basically like hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And something bad really goes wrong. And so everybody involved in that is kind of a suspect in what happened and what went wrong. Now, I will tell you, you know that I am not really a quiet crier when it comes to reading books. We're not watching movies, not watching TV shows, nope. not reading books, nope. nothing. Nope. I can watch the saddest movie and not cry. Yep. I'm a weirdo And like also that. make fun of me the entire time because I'm crying like from start to finish. Yes. Like the time that you cried in the Shrek movie. Yep. <laughs> sure enough, then. <laughs> Give me a movie. See if I can't find a tearful moment in it. Because I can. Oh, my gosh. So at the end of the book, Miracle Creek, I bawled my eyes out. I bawled like a baby because it's so sad. Oh, gosh. This is not the book for me. Yeah, no. I will tell you that like a lot of people that read the book were like, oh, I totally saw it coming. I did not see the ending Aww. the way that it ended. I did not see it coming at all. But the end of that book was a tear. Like I was sobbing. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Emily. Whoa. Tear yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay. those are the recent ones. Now we haven't picked another one yet. But man, the ones that we've been reading are good in their own. They're a little bit different. I mean, they all have to do with something bad happened. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> yes. Something bad happened. But they're all just really, really great books. And I recommend all of them. So good. We will definitely have links in the show notes for all of those. Thank you, Teresa. That's a great question. Now, Teresa is a friend of mine, a real life friend whom I've known for years. And so she also wanted to know how the concert went. And she is referring to the fact that Earlier this month, my oldest daughter, Daisy, your oldest niece, <laughs> she got to experience something really cool in that a composition that she actually started when she was in middle school, and it's evolved and been expanded several times since then, was played and performed by the Oklahoma City Philharmonic. And you came up for the concert, and it was a really big night, wasn't it? It was a huge night. I am so glad that I got to come and witness her celebrity status. Yes. You and I think that was the most fun part. So after the concert, well, after her piece was performed by the orchestra, she did not perform it. The Phil had provided box seats for us. So we got to see the whole performance. But after that, they brought her out on stage so that she could take a bow and you know, everyone's applauding and everything. And so then after the concert was over, we could not step but one or two steps and people were just coming up to her and just congratulating her and encouraging her. It was like being with a celebrity, wasn't it? Yes, it was. This is what I told Daisy. And I think I told you and Kyle this. So that girl walked into the symphony, walked into the concert, like just another concert goer. I will note this hilarious part. So Daisy is not a heel wearer. Like <laughs> no. Daisy's not really a fancy clothes no. wearer. No, she's much more comfortable in combat boots or converse. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's totally fine because yeah. that's Daisy. But the day of 
the day of, she was walking around in her heels and she was like, am I doing okay? And it was so stinking precious. But that was the first time she wore heels. Yes, it was. Absolutely. They're just a very modest heel. Yeah, they're like kittens, yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, that girl walked in to that concert, just a regular concert goer. And when she walked out, it was so unreal, the amount of people coming up to her. So during intermission, before her piece was played, I saw these high schoolers there. And I thought, wow, that is really cool that a group of high schoolers, because like, let's be honest, like your average high schoolers, like don't choose to go to a symphony on a Saturday night. And I was like, man, that's really cool that they're there. Well, after the concert, that group went up to her and called her by name like they knew her. They were like, Daisy, we're so proud of you. And they started asking her all about her piece and if she was working on other things. And your husband and I and you were like, when they left, we were like, do you know them? She was like, no, <laughs> no. She was like, they may go to my school, but I really yeah. don't know. <laughs> But man, and she got a picture with the maestro. The maestro. Yes. It was just like she was beaming. And then can I just go ahead and say that like this is such a Megan thing. So the first time, like the people that were actually sitting behind us in the box seats behind us, when she got back to our seats, I heard them say, Let's do it. And meaning like, let's go introduce ourselves. Like, let's go congratulate her. And they went and congratulated her. And she didn't know what to say. She had no idea what to say. She just kept smiling. And then when they left, you whispered in her ear. You were like, honey, I know that this is a big deal for you. And sometimes when you don't know what to say, it's okay to just yes. say thank you. And so she started doing that the rest of the night. But that is such a Megan thing to say because she's just like you. She's so humble and a little bit timid around people. Yeah. So, man, it was just a night that I know she will remember forever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a really great night. So, Teresa, thank you for asking. I feel like such a quandary because, like, we don't have the rights to right. that performance. So I can't be like, and here's the selection from it. So, anyway, maybe eventually we'll be able to share it right. in a legal right. way. It <laughs> doesn't get anybody in trouble. <laughs> All right, let's go on to another one that was for you. Okay. We had a couple of people that kind of were asking some questions along these lines, knowing that you're a teacher and that you've been teaching for many a year. We had a couple of teacher-oriented questions. So Awesome Grace asked, she said, my oldest is four, and I'm thinking more and more about my relationship with his teachers now that he's in public school. Any suggestions facilitating a good partnership there beyond just the, you know, usual good open communication. So as somebody who has been on the teacher side of the desk for many years, what would you say to Grace and anybody else who's kind of wondering the same thing? I'm trying to think about the best parents that I have, which of course I work at a wonderful school, so I could go on and on about this. But if time allows, I would definitely offer to volunteer, to do stuff in the classroom. Sadly enough, teachers always need stuff. Mm-hmm. Parents buy school supplies at the beginning of the school year, but they run out so fast and need replenishment a lot. If budgets allow, I would definitely offer to, you know, replenish things that need to be replenished. And, you know, I love that Grace uses the word partnership 
because I have found, and especially this year as the twins are getting older and they have some delays in some areas and are struggling in some areas, I will say that I feel now more than ever, like we are in a partnership with the teachers. So there oh, yeah. definitely has to be good open communication, but we want to support what they're doing in the classroom at the same time as advocating for what each of those boys need. And so right. it's partly learning to trust, you know, that she's a professional educator and that she has a plan and those types of things. And it's partly saying, okay, now what can we do on our end to follow up and support? And just, you know, as behavior issues come along, being able to support on our end, talking through what's going on, it really does come down to communication so much. But I do think that you're so right. The more time you can spend in the classroom or around the classroom or just like physically there, I think it really communicates such a strong message to the teachers and faculty that like we're all in this together. Oh, absolutely. We're all on the side of the child. Yes. You know, I think it's kind of hard for some parents to think that like, well, this teacher did this or this teacher did that, but make sure that you understand the whole side of the story. Make sure that you get the perspective of everybody in your child's education. Ultimately, I think it just comes back to the fact that like good teachers and parents are all on the same side. And, you know, parents obviously want their children to succeed and so do teachers. So, so good. So good. Okay, now, Meg, I have a question for you from Jillian. And she asks, how are you keeping a calendar or a planner with everyone's schedules? <laughs> that is a great question. With adding another child to our family and a new business, I've always been a pretty strong paper planner person. I love to make lists. I'm a very visual planner, so just like seeing where things fall on the calendar has always been very helpful to me. But never before this moment has it been so imperative because we are just like spinning so many plates. Right, right. We cannot drop anything. So I definitely still use my paper planner and I'll put a link in the show notes. I've talked about it on the show. It's like $15 at Amazon. I love it. It's everything I needed in a planner and it's so cheap and so simple. Yes. But for the first time, we were really starting to use digital calendars that are shared between Kyle and I. And here's another thing that we started doing that has been enormously helpful. I cannot believe we did not start doing this. We've been married for 21 years. I cannot believe it's taken us so long to do this. So every Monday morning, we sit down together and have what we call our operations meeting. Oh my gosh, I did not know you did this. This is awesome. This is something we've just started probably in the past month, I would guess, month or six weeks. So kind of goes back to when Kyle was coaching his very first job in coaching when he was at TCU was assistant director of football operations. So, you know, when you see a big football program, the coaches are not the ones who are taking care of the day-to-day -day running of the program task. Like they're totally focused on just the actual coaching part of coaching. Right, right. And so there's an operations team that takes care of all of the details, everything from getting practice ready to team travel, all of the things. Right. So anyway, we decided to start having operations meetings based on, you know, back in those coaching days for Kyle. So we sit down every Monday morning, first thing when I get back from drop off, and we talk through the week ahead. I get my paper planner out so we can look at the paper calendar for the month and kind of see, okay, what's coming up in the month? Usually that's just a reminder. Like if there's some on the schedule for a couple of weeks, it's just like, okay, just keep in mind, this is coming up, but we're not really planning the details of that yet. We just know it's on the horizon. 
But then we're looking at what's going on this week and whose responsibility is what. So like the week before last, Daisy had a little concert, a mini concert with her after school orchestra program. And it was at six o'clock and we were like talking through how are we going to do this? Is the whole family going? Should one parent go? If so, who? And we just kind of like worked it all out, figured out, you know what, for that night, it'll work out best if just Kyle went and was able to enjoy the concert, bring her base home, her and her base home after all of that. Just, you know, planning out on Monday ahead. Okay. Knowing that Thursday night, we've got this going on. That's made a huge difference. Right. That's awesome. It has helped a lot with just the logistical load because we're both aware of what the other person is doing. And we both have the opportunity to be like, I need help with this. And so it's really kind of helped to be proactive to where one or the other of us isn't feeling resentful or feeling like he doesn't understand everything I do, or she doesn't know what all I have on my plate. We're like totally tracking with what the other person has on their plate. And on the same page too, right? Exactly, exactly. So I have actually been typing up and printing out an agenda for our operations meetings. That's good. And then I will translate some of that into my paper planner. But we also started finally using a shared digital calendar. And after looking at and asking for people for suggestions, you know what we decided to do? We just went with the Apple calendar that's native on your iPhone. Okay. I didn't know you could share things. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about just like the calendar? The actual calendar. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You can share things with other people. Do you just invite someone to your appointment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that all the time. Yeah, at school. Yes. And so for big things where, you know, both of us need to be aware of it, I'll put those in our Apple calendar so that we both know what's going on. Even if it's something like, okay, Nico's four-month well baby, check. I took him to that. But just so Kyle kind of knows ahead of time, okay, that's on her schedule for today. So, you know, whatever. This is a huge help too, because we both work from home. And so we're both more, I think, in tune with each other's comings and goings. Other families may not need to get that detailed, but that's really worked for us to kind of get our schedules in alignment, get our minds or, you know, just everything kind of like, okay, we're team teats over here. How can we <laughs> make sure that we're, you know, not dropping the ball anywhere? Right. And like I said, it's been a huge help. I cannot believe we have not done this sooner, but I'm so glad. So we are definitely still using, Kyle doesn't use a paper planner at all. I live out of mine, but now we are kind of meeting in the middle with our Apple calendar to be like, okay, here are the big things that we both need to be aware of. So, right. That's good. That's great. All right. Oh, here's one I wanted to make sure we got to ask you. Jillian, who just asked that question, she also wanted to know from you, Emily, what are some of your go-to strategies for recharging after a day of talking and teaching? This is such a good question. Because I'm department chair of the fine arts and electives group at my school, in addition to teaching, it can be very, very busy. I feel like most days, by the time I get to school, from the time I leave, I'm just busy. Yeah. And I'm also an introvert. Yes. <laughs> which makes it hard. So one of my nightly rituals is I take a hot bath when I get home. Oh, good. I do. It's relaxing and it kind of helps me kind of quote unquote, wash off the day. I'll usually listen to some music or a podcast. Another thing that I find very, very relaxing is cooking. Oh yeah. I cook probably two or three nights out of the week. It just takes my mind off stuff. So doing those two things are really helpful. 
I've been doing this off and on for a while, but lately I've been doing it way more is journaling. Oh, good. Yes. Is journaling about anything and everything that I want to journal about, about the day, about what I'm feeling, about what's going on. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like a lot of people think it's like, oh, dear diary. And it's really not like that at all. It's just talking about your day or processing or being reflective or you can be anything you want it to be. And I also go to bed early. I am one of those people, you know this about me, I need a lot of sleep. And if I am up past, gosh, 10 o'clock at the latest, I know that the next day is not going to be a great day. So sleep is super important to me too. So good. I mean, it's an actual physical way to recharge, but also helps you to just kind of keep that sleep bank full. Because being an introvert who's a teacher, that's literally physically exhausting not just mentally, but it also takes a physical toll. So that's so smart to make that a priority. Okay, we had a couple of questions from awesomes, especially Sarah and Catherine, who had some skincare questions. Not only do we love makeup, I love skincare. I don't know if Emily, I don't know if you geek out about skincare stuff as much as I do. No, I don't do the multi-step like you do, but I do definitely use a lot of things, not as many as you do. Okay. Well, Sarah's wondering, do you change your skincare routine for winter? And if so, do you do anything differently? Do you have any? I know I do, but I was wondering if you have any things that you change. Here's the thing. You live in Dallas. Right. So you do, of course, have some cold weather, but it's not like intense winter. Right, right. There. We have cold moments. <laughs> we have a cold 24 hours every once in a while, but that's really it. Yes. So does that impact your skincare at all? Or do you just kind of Keep going with what works for you. I have oily skin. I used to think it was combination, but it's like, it's just oily. So in the summer, I usually use like a BB cream to kind of just put something light on my skin. Yeah. And then I really just use a mild cleanser. Right now I'm using that Clinique foaming cleanser. I mean, we've been using that for a long time and I love it. Now in the winter, I tend to put a little bit more makeup on. So my face can tend to break out a little bit more in the winter, especially depending on, you know, the time of the month and how much my face is breaking out. So I will use a really heavy facial moisturizer. I don't use this year round, but this stuff is really good. So I use this CeraVe moisturizing cream and it says for normal to dry skin because my cheeks do like definitely dry out in the winter. And I use that morning and night mm -hmm. just because I really want my face to be moisturized. And then also in the winter, I don't use like a primer. I use a priming moisturizer. Yes. And I feel like that makes a huge difference as well. It really does. I was going to say that's the main thing too. I'll go from using a light moisturizer in the summer to something heavier like the Belief Aqua Balm, which is pricey, but a little goes a long way. Like you could buy one of those at the beginning of cold weather and it will last you probably like a year. It just like, a little goes a long way, but especially if you have dry skin in the winter, I'm the same way. Like some kind of priming moisturizer is the perfect thing, I think, under your makeup in the winter. So that's definitely something I tend to do more than I do in the summer. Now, Catherine wondered if we had any good skincare recommendations for an almost 40-year-old who's battling wrinkles and has acne and redness. And I actually do have a perfect combination for you to try, Catherine. Okay. You tell yours and then I'll tell mine. Okay. Because we're both in our 40s and 
sadly, yes, not only, you know, trying to do some wrinkle control, but you know, you're going to have some acne that pops up every now and again. Sometimes you're going to have issues with redness. So here is the combination that you need. First of all, the first thing that I would strongly recommend is from Pixie. It's their Glow Tonic. And it's basically a toner, but instead of just being, you know, kind of your standard toner. So after you cleanse your skin and, you know, before you put on any other product, use some glow tonic. And what it does is it's a hydrating toner. And over time, it really, truly does make your skin brighter. Definitely. They talk about it reducing the appearance of pores, dissolving excess oil. I really do think that over time, it totally does that. It has glycolic acid in it. And it's totally great for oily skin, dry skin, combo skin, normal skin, all the skins, mature skin, acne prone skin. Anybody can use this stuff. If you have acne breakouts frequently, this can be such a miracle for clearing it up. And it's going to do a really good job of going in and prepping your face for any anti-aging product that you want to put on. I'm a huge believer in this stuff. I will never use a different Mm -hmm. toner. It's my very favorite thing, the Glow Tonic from Pixie. And then the other product I wanted to talk about is from, I don't know if I'm saying this right, CauseRx, C-O-S-R-X. I don't know if that's how you say it. It's an Asian skincare line. Their Power Snail Mucin 96 is a miracle worker. I think it works fantastic for reducing fine lines. And then also for spot treating acne breakouts. It is so, so good. So that's such a good combo. What, what do you have? All right. So I'm going to go in a very different direction than you just went in. In fact, it's funny that we got asked this question because I actually have my yearly dermatology appointment next week. And in the winter, I use a prescription retinoid. I have been prescribed like several different ones, mostly Retin-A and different. Now, different has an over-the-counter kind, but it's like a little bit less concentration. So my go-to, and again, this is like so different than what you're doing. My go-to one is Retin-A. Now I will tell you, Retin-A is very strong. It's obviously, most people know this, it's a derivative of vitamin A, which will naturally cause like drying of the skin and exfoliation. I'm 41 years old and I still get acne. And the last time I was at my doctor, She said, and I totally believe it. She said, if you experienced acne as a teenager, you will experience it in your 40s again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I did not know that. And I've tried all of this stuff, all of the over-counter stuff. The thing I like about a prescription retinoid is that like it really does take care of my acne, but also it will reduce fine lines and wrinkles. Like in fact, oh, wow. some insurance companies won't pay for it unless your doctor says it's for acne because the insurance companies think that it's only for cosmetic reasons. Now I use it for both because I really definitely do have acne. You do have to be super careful. I don't use it in the summer. And not that I don't wear SPF in the summer. I'm too afraid to use it in the summer because if you do use it, you have to put sunscreen all over your body, like not just on your face. And I don't use it every night. I use it every other night. But I'm telling you, a retinoid is like, for me, is the way to go. That probably is another reason why I use such a heavy moisturizing cream. But the stuff works. So good. I hope that was helpful. Because yeah, it's such a balancing act with maturing skin. It's still breaking out. Yes. Right. All right. Now you had one last one. This is from Jesse Lee that you wanted to make sure that we covered. We had so many more, you guys, that we're going to actually take these extras that we didn't get to 
And Emily and I are going to do a special episode for our superstars to talk through some of the ones we didn't have time for. But why don't you tackle this one from Jesse Lee? Okay. Jesse Lee says, this question is so funny to me. She says, have you two been super close your entire lives? Have there been seasons where you felt closer or times when you went longer between connecting? Okay, so there's a couple of answers to this question (laughs) from my end, and then I want you to tell me how you think. So I'm going to get really serious here for a second. So when I was in 10th grade and you were in 12th grade, our family moved to Pennsylvania. And because you were a senior, you stayed in Oklahoma and finished up your senior year. Let me tell you, I know you know this. That was one of the hardest times in my life because even though we fought at that age in high school, like I missed you so much. I would write you letters. This was before the internet came out. We didn't have email. It was before the internet. I would write you funny top 10. I remember my top 10 letters, my top 10, like just, you know, lists and stuff just to make you laugh. Oh my gosh, Emily, I never thought about it before, but that's maybe why I have such an obsession with making top 10 episodes for sort of awesome because of those top 10 lists you created when we were in high school. Yes. And they were just funny and just had private jokes oh in them. Gosh. And private you know, jokes galore. Yes. You guys, just as a reminder, Emily and I are 14 months apart. So neither of us can ever remember a time in life when the other one wasn't there. So I think that that is why that separation was hugely difficult, really for both of us. Definitely. Now I would like to share a story of the time (laughs) someone punched another one in the stomach. Did you punch me in the stomach? Did I punch you in the stomach? Oh my gosh. I punched you in the stomach. (laughs) You punched me in the stomach, right? That's how it went. (laughs) This actually was not long before our family moved to Pennsylvania because I remember the house that we lived in. So this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> very embarrassing. I don't know why we're doing this, but go ahead. Let's go there. Okay. We're going there. Okay. So it was really late at night. Everybody in the house was sleeping. Everybody else was sleeping. And I had to get up and take some medicine to help me sleep. I've always had insomnia. I think it was like Benadryl or something. And I had a cup of Diet Pepsi because <laughs> we didn't drink Diet Coke in the house. You know, we had a very deprived childhood. We were we raised did. on Diet Pepsi. We were raised on Diet Pepsi. I was taking the medicine with the Diet Pepsi and we were standing by the door by our Chester drawers and Megan turned the light off. Now, let me tell you how old I was. I must have been maybe 15, maybe 15 years old. Yeah. Megan turned the light off and I wasn't done drinking the Diet Pepsi. And I got really mad at her because I was scared of the dark. You know that, right? You know, that's why yep. I got mad at you. I do know that. And sometimes I yes. kind of still am afraid of the dark. But <laughs> in my gut reaction to her turning off the light, I shoved her into the dresser. Like, without even thinking about it, I shoved her into the dresser. And so then, in turn, she punched me in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the incident. The giant Pepsi came shooting out of my mouth. She like knocked the wind out of me. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe you're telling this story. I can't either. And then it woke our mom up and our mom came into our room and she was, was like, livid. what is going on in here? <laughs> and I think at that point I was yes. crying. 
actual physical violence. Another time, this was when I was fully in college. I was home. This is when you guys lived in Pennsylvania. I was home from college for the holidays. We were supposed to clear the table and we <laughs> were chasing each other. Listen, I'm not kidding. I was in college, you guys. We were chasing each other around the dining room table and I tripped and fell and busted my eyelid open. It was bleeding everywhere. And our parents were so used to us fighting that our dad was just like, don't get blood on the carpet. <laughs> no care or concern for the fact that I right. had busted my eye open. So all of that is to say, we have been super close our entire lives, but it's looked different in different phases of life. And isn't it funny how you and I tell your daughters, like, you guys are going to be friends when you're older and they don't believe us, but I really think it's true. No, because they fight a lot. Yes. Yes. But truly, I mean, being 14 months apart, like we did fight a lot for sure. And not only punching each other and shoving each other, you know, into dressers, but we fought over boys. We fought over friends. We fought over clothes. We have fought about anything the sisters can fight about. Mm -hmm. Also, our family moved around a lot. The longest we ever really lived in a town when we were growing up was like three or four years. Yeah. So we always had built in best friends. Right. We always had that commonality. We went to the same university. We were in the same sorority. Like our lives have been, you know, kind of tracking along together. Right. This whole time. I cannot say that there was a time when we ever were not close. Like we have been physically far apart from each other, but I think that our emotional connection, we have always been very close. Yes, for sure. Which, you know, siblings, relationships are complicated. I mean, that's the source of a lot of, you know, family fiction right there is just how complicated sibling stuff can get. But yeah, I will always be so grateful that we are so close in age and that we've had such a close friendship truly being true best of friends growing up and to this day. So absolutely. Okay. You guys, there's so much more that we didn't get to. So if you have not ever signed up to become a Patreon and you want to hear us talk more and maybe dig deeper, because there was even some more, you know, serious questions beside this and some more fun questions. So we're going to get to that stuff for our superstars. If you want to get signed up, you can do that. It's so easy to do. Go to sort of slash support, and you can get all signed up to become a Patreon supporter. But Emily, before we wrap up, remind people where they can find you if they want to talk more about this and get more inside scoop on people punching each other in the stomach and and skincare and all of this good stuff. I'm on Instagram at Emily34331. And I'm also very active in the Hangout group, the Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. Okay. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash sort of awesome. Awesomes, thank you so much for these questions. They were so much fun to tackle together. Thank you all for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sort of Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 